0: I didn't help having Doctor Crippen as our physio.
1: The 1996-97 Spurs season tells a story of continued decline. As the initial bounce that saw manager Jerry Francis lead the side from bottom half-dwellers throughout 1994 to a seventh-place finish in May 95 simply diminished year-on-year year under the mullet man. We finished 10th at the end of this season in question. Two positions, 15 points, and 19 goals in terms of goal difference. Worse off than in his first full season in charge, which was 95-96. Bob and Peter are here again to cast an unaffectionate eye back, while Sim cast an unborn eye Having been spared from the dross this podcast has analysed over the last couple of weeks. Great to be back on the podcast with all of you again. How are we all guys? How's lockdown treating you all, Bob?
2: <laughs> yeah, not much difference from previously. It's same old, same old, but yeah, we're getting through it. We're getting through it.
0: Peter
1: and Sim, how's lockdown in uh, East Dulwich
0: for you guys? Yeah, one day seems to be melding into one, doesn't it? Like, into the yeah. next day. Can't really distinguish the days. Yeah. No, it's like Christmas,
1: yeah, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. just... Weird. Without straying too far off this specific season, the events of 96 97 illustrate a glaring capitulation for a defence, which was in the previous campaign up there with the division's highest achieving teams. That year we shipped only 38 Premier League goals, yet that tally rose to 51 in this season, with some absolute defensive horror shows occurring in the Premiership and League Cup, which have lived long in the Tottenham supporters' memories. One of those is Nicholas Frankel. Our grim recollections correspondence. Last Tuesday, Nick recounted his tale of watching us blow an aggregate lead in Germany against Kaiserspouten, and today remembers December 96, 7 1 thrashing at St James's Park versus Newcastle. Nick, tell us all about it.
3: Hi guys, here are my memories of the Newcastle 7 Spurs 1 debacle match from December 1996. I find it quite hard to do this recording without sounding sad because that's how I feel as all the memories have come flooding back to me. I travelled up by car the night before as I was staying with my dental friend Francis who lives in Hexham and he'd just taken a job at the dental school in Newcastle. Accordingly I remember travelling there on match day in his Morris Minor which had a car parking permit for the dental school which was very convenient. We then went the short distance from the dental school car park to the ground on foot. I don't remember much about going into the stadium although I do believe we were sitting at the side of the pitch fairly low down. We both had a really big sense of excitement and anticipation because it was the first time Francis had been to uh, a game up in Newcastle and he was kind of a honorary Spurs fan for the day. All of that soon evaporated as the goals from Newcastle started to rain in. I really don't remember much about actually what went on in the game and I'm sure this is my brain's defence mechanism of erasing an unhappy memory. In spite of this, I do remember that the time they... Had got to 7 0, I was genuinely worried that I was about to be bearing witness to Spurs' first team's heaviest ever top flight defeat because I was acutely aware of the 7 0 that we suffered at Anfield in 1978 in Ardiles and Villa's first season. Funnily enough, much more recently, I experienced the same fear during the home game against buy-in earlier this season. Fortunately, we were saved this embarrassment as Alan Nielsen managed to scramble a late goal and then the final whistle blew, leaving me completely shell-shocked and numb. A feeling which lasted for many hours afterwards as we went back to my friend's house for supper with his wife and young family and they all did their best to try and console me and cheer me up. He even took me out to his local country pub where I was subjected to my first ever experience of a meat raffle where you literally buy a raffle ticket and the prize is a massive tray of uncooked meat from the local butcher. I'm not quite sure what I would have done with it had I won it. I believe the northerners still have this strange ritual in their pubs. Fortunately, after a few pints and this weird activity, I was able to take my mind off the terrible things that had happened earlier in the day. I even got quite a good night's sleep but unfortunately on waking you get that horrible feeling that you really did witness something bad and it hasn't all just been a bad dream. I still suffer like this nowadays if we've had a really bad result when I wake the next day. The other thing I remember is that a few days later completely out of the blue Kevin Keegan resigned and he even sighted The sheer look of pain in Jerry Francis' eyes following the defeat had been one of the tipping points for him. That's really weird, but that's Kevin Keegan through and through. As a footnote on the subject of Spurs' heaviest first-team defeat, some ways 7-0 is actually not too bad when compared with other teams and you start to look at the skeletons in their cupboards And you will usually find they have suffered much bigger defeats than that. I'm also aware that in an early round of the Intertoto Cup one year earlier, that Spurs were forced to join in a short notice after receiving a threatening letter from UEFA telling them that they would be banned from Europe if they did not. They fielded an alleged first team of make-weights that got beaten 8-0 by Cologne. But that doesn't really count. Come on, you Spurs.
1: Thank you, Nick, as ever. Nicholas Frankel, there, a Spurs seasoning holder for over 30 years. Bob, Peter, do you remember this game? Peter, first, do you remember the 7 1 capitulation in December?
0: Sally was pregnant with Sim. We'd, we went to Somerset for Christmas holidays, and uh, I just remember listening in, in horror <laughs> on, on, on the radio. Radio 5 Live, one of those, I think, Alan Green commentaries were very excitable commentaries that, you know, where your heart's jumping out of your mouth. On that result, I think Ozzy was sacked for less than that, yeah. you know, a bit unfair on Aussie really, that was a terrible defeat horrible, yeah, it was a terrible defeat. Bob, yeah. do you remember that? Uh, I remember that,
2: I was actually away on a club weekend in Cheltenham it was in between Christmas and New Year and I've gone down with my wife and some friends to a club night in Cheltenham, we'd stayed down there and I remember being in the pub the next day and the score coming through and just being totally decimated by it they were a strong team. They finished second this year but, in '97. Yeah, but
1: to get beaten like that, Jerry Francis said afterwards it was not a very pleasant experience. <laughs> Try telling that to the three thousand fans who travelled in the part of the country. Yeah. It's funny, I mean, I, I remember the game actually Shearer bullied us, especially Sol Campbell, which was quite rare, wasn't
0: it, Peter? Yeah. Yeah, we saw Campbell well. Sorry, apologies. I washed my mouth out after saying that. name. Yeah. <laughs> usually quite solid in defence. So yeah. I think Rob Lee weighed in with a couple as well. I seem to remember as well. Philippe Albert. Yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: Yeah. It's really interesting as well, because Newcastle had an amazing start to that year, didn't they? I mean, they beat Man United 5-0, didn't they? But at the time of the match, they hadn't won in seven games, and Keegan actually only managed them for three more games after this. Yeah, he quit ten days after. You're yeah.
1: right. <laughs> Let's move on to the start of the season. So the previous season, Spurs had finished 7th and 8th. So, you know, going into this season, we had high hopes. Sim, can you tell us what players came in during that season?
4: Yeah, so we did a bit of business in January. We did a bit in the summer as well, but not quite as much. So Everson, John Scales and Vega came in in the winter. I think Vega in January, Everson and Scales in December. The summer signings were uh, Alan Nielsen and Espen Bardson, and then, in terms of the players who went out, Steve Slade, a young keeper called Chris Day, who actually saw a play for Stevenage in the FA Cup against us in 2012, which was reasonably interesting, but not that interesting.
1: Andy
2: Turner, did <laughs> anyone remember him?
1: I, I do. Wonder,
2: I've always rated Andy Turner, to be honest.
1: Yeah, he's a good uh, little winger.
2: Yeah, it was a shame he didn't quite make it. Yeah, he's a bit lightweight, um, if I remember. Venables liked him, but Francis didn't seem to fancy him. But that was another sort of unfulfilled talent.
1: We spent roughly about 6 million in that season. I just want to give you a context again, Peter, of spending. So, again, Sugar's, I sort of feel Sugar has backed France. It's 6 million there. Arsenal spent 4.8. Most of that was on Vieira. Everton 8.5. Leeds 13. Villa 7. Chelsea 8. So, Newcastle with a big spenders, 26 million. But, you know, we still didn't go big. Again, this is the uh, story, Peter, of Spurs. Yes, we yeah. might have spent about six or eight million, but other clubs were spending a lot more, Peter, didn't
0: they? Yeah, it's just like that marquee signing you're looking for to get your bum off your seat, you know, like really. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you're looking for your Gascoigne and, you know, Klinsmann, you know, things that get you excited, you know, I don't think yeah. there are any and of them.
1: Peter, though, those, those signings of Everson, Nielsen, Vegas, Scales, they were just solid signings, weren't they?
0: Yeah, I mean, Iverson and Nielsen would have their part to play in the 99 season, you know, with that Wetherington Cup. I suppose yeah. they repaid the fee there. But, generally speaking, it didn't set the world alight, really.
2: No, I agree. Bob, how did you sort of feel going into that season? Mildly underwhelmed with the close season. There was no September deadline. So, we've, you could still sign players up until whenever, couldn't you? Because I think Scales actually came in December. He did, yeah. And Labour yeah, as well. So It wasn't quite the mad rush that you used to have, but it was very underwhelming. I felt at the time we had a very bloated
1: squad, which was very injury-prone. Would that what the stats are saying, Sim?
4: Obviously, Anderton, his uh, appearances seem to fluctuate from season on season. So, you know, it's a, it's a common story of him that he could never really be relied on throughout a season, every season, I suppose. Jason DeZell was actually in the squad as well, who had a few decent seasons, I think, before, but I don't think he appeared too much in this.
1: I um, used to go to a lot of clubs, and uh, he, he used to go to a lot of clubs in Essex. He was highly
2: rated when he joined us. Yeah, He was He was the next you know, box-to-box scoring midfielder, but it just never happened.
1: We used 33 players that season, we right. were absolutely injury-prone that season, Sim, weren't we? It just didn't
4: seem like we really got going in that season, did it? We finished 10th, we never beat anyone really of note in the season. I made the top six that year in order were Man United, Newcastle, Arsenal, Liverpool, Aston Villa and Chelsea and uh, we lost 9 out of the 12 games. I
1: watched um, a Jerry Francis interview at the end of the season and he said he felt that they were really unlucky with injuries. Otherwise,
0: they could have challenged near the top. Peter, was that your sort of feeling? Well, I mean, injuries are always going to affect your team. You give me the stats of the number of players we use. So maybe it was a factor.
1: How did we start the season? You know, I was looking through the results, and it's just... (laughs) It's it's
4: one of those ones that you're struggling to actually see a trend. I think there was a... It was a decent run in kind of October, November time. We won four out of five. But apart from that, it's just the same kind of runs we've seen in the other seasons around this time, where it's just a win, a draw, a loss, a few defeats in a row. And yeah, it's just, like you said in the intro, we conceded so many goals in the season and had some real thumpings. The Newcastle one, not thumping, but we lost 4-3 at West Ham. The defence was Clive Wilson at left back, Carr at right back, and... Campbell and Calderwood. Calderwood,
1: yeah. Can I just ask the older guys, do you think there was no strategy with Sugar? Do you think he was just bought the club
2: and was thinking someone's going to come in and buy it soon? I think he came in thinking he could change the club, run a football club, how he brought Amstrad through. I think he tried to run the football club on a business model and didn't really have an idea of how a football club ran. He tried to do too much himself, didn't bring enough football people in. He threw money at it at certain points with Klinsman, Popescu, Dimitrescu at that point when he had to. And then probably from that, we are then, this season, having to pay the penalty for him weighing out quite a bit of money, then.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I agree. I mean, you can't accuse him possibly of not investing in the club. Peter, would you say that? Do you think he just sort of got bored with the club at this period of time?
0: Yeah, which is like this sort of scattergun sort of approach to spending at certain times. But uh, like Bob said, the business model that he'd uh, built up his computer business on couldn't really be superimposed on a football club and the way that a football club runs you know, like you said, it needed to be a football guy there in dealing with that sort of thing. And I think in the end, he got a little bit exasperated. I think the fans sort of turned a little bit on him a bit, you know, and I think he kind of fell out of love with it in that sense as well. But do you think, though, as well, uh, we never had a fully fit squad? Do you think there may
1: have been an issue with the training or the medicals of players signing? Do you think we just
2: wasn't a very well-run club at the time, Bob? I mean... One, you look at the levels of professionalism now. But yes, you've got to say now, we are up there with the infrastructure of the club. When I say infrastructure, I mean medical facilities, like staff that are at the club. Then we were probably where we were in the league. was like, I think that's reflected on our league positions. Left back was a big problem at the time. Brought Clive Wilson in, but he was in the twilight of his career. He'd been a a left winger, and then he was now playing left back. I mean, you just look through the side, look through the squad. I'm trying to see who actually inspired me. (laughs) Walker was the regular goalkeeper. We had Carl Wilson, Campbell, Calderwood,
1: Fox, Nilsson, Howes, Dezel, Sinton, Teddy up front, Armstrong, Iverson, Rosenthal, Rory Allen. What kind of a player was Sinton?
2: I would have played him at left back when we were having problems at left back. He he played for England. He played, yeah, for England, left back, and he did all right. But again, he was a bit of a bread-and-butter player, a bit of a workhorse, didn't have a great deal of flair. He was quick, neat, tidy. That was it. You wouldn't bust your gut to go and see him. No, you're right. But uh, Peter, would you
1: say if we'd have had Anderson playing pretty much a full season, he only played nine games,
0: do you think the season would have been different? I didn't help having Dr. Crippen as our physio, (laughs) (laughs) given the number of injuries. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he couldn't stay fit for an entire season did have a big impact on us. In in previous season, there was a a triumvirate of Anderton, Barnby, and Sheringham, which was at the core of the team that Venables was building. And that was the last previous exciting team.
1: Peter, is there any games during that season which sort of stick out for you? I remember going to the home game at West Ham. We played actually okay that game. Any one for you, Peter, in that
0: season? No, it's, it's the really tra- trauma of the sort of Newcastle game that sticks out, unfortunately, <laughs> as a low point. I can't think of yeah. a high point. Everson Hatcher at Sunderland, maybe? Possibly, yeah. yeah. I can't say yeah. I remember the game.
1: Um, Bob what about for you anything which stood out in the league season it was pretty pretty poor pretty it? dire I went
2: to I went to the Blackburn game away they just lost Shearer to Newcastle so they were pretty downbeat and yeah. we had a very comfortable performance there looked fairly decent apart from that no, I can't really nothing really sticks out for getting a
1: 0-0 draw at home to Arsenal Peter was not a bad result that season
0: yeah I mean given the type of player that was at Arsenal compared to what we had you know it's, considered a positive result at the time. Bob, can I just ask you about Rule Fox? Because Rule Fox,
2: for me, was erratic. What's your your sort of thoughts on Rule Fox? We paid four and a half million for him, didn't we? He was considered a fairly big signing at the time. He he comes from Newcastle. Having said that, he was losing his place to Ginola. But after an initial good start, yeah, he, he again was very quick going forward, broke quickly. Score. I remember him scoring a few decent goals. Yeah. But, yeah, again, another disappointment. Coming as a superstar, he was signed in sort of October or whatever when you could still sign it. There was no windows there. Yeah, uh, the previous season, see, I think. That was seen as a point, yeah, well, that's that's a real positive. To spend four and a half million at that point was a fairly big
4: deal. Yeah, he was yeah. in that really good Norwich team, wasn't he, Royal Fox? Yeah. yeah.
1: We had a
2: dreadful Christmas
1: period where, you know, we lost six out of eight games. Yeah. And so that that took us to March. So if you can just sort of take us from March onwards towards the end of the season.
4: We turned it on a little bit, if you could say, that we won two in a row, which is, in the terms of this season, it's after six, was it six defeats in eight or whatever, that's to winter two six in eight a row. Eight, yeah. It's kind of like pushed us away from any kind of relegation danger, if you will. But the table that season it could have been close if we if we hadn't kind of picked up a few results where, where we did because we finished tenth on forty six points, which is a really low points tally. Suddenly that went down with forty in that season um, in eighteen. Oh, wow! So That's it could have, you know, it could, it could have gone badly wrong if we hadn't basically got those two results in um, sort of March time, and then yeah. the, the end of the season was just you know we won two out of nine games towards the end of the season, and you know kind
1: of just limped to a tenth place finish really. I remember going to the Wimbledon game at home and it was just, we won one-nil and you just, I remember walking out there just so, shrugging my shoulders. It just, it just. I think it was that type of season, wasn't it? I just, I just want to throw um, the last game of the season summed up the season for me because we had Coventry at home, we were safe. They needed to win to stay up. I mean, Peter, any team would want to come and play Spurs away needing to win to stay up, wouldn't they? Oh
0: yeah, yeah. It's kind of like, a, just sort of, to have that kind of like, out-of-puff mentality about us that so when the going gets tough, we just unfortunately have that reputation. It was 10 years on from the 87 Cup final.
2: I really desperately wanted to put Coventry down. Gordon Strachan was manager then. He was, and correct. And then they, brought, they brought quite a few older players in. And yeah, they did. Uh, Gary McAllister. McAllister, yeah. So they brought a few Huckabee. players in and I remember I was absolutely desperate put commentary down, and and yet again, we disappointed. So the season pretty much
1: was a complete, another non-entity, another pretty poor season. We finished 10th, despite the previous two seasons, finished 7th and 8th, so bitterly disappointing. Sim, can you go to the FA
2: Cup, please? Yeah, I'll pass over to Bobby to talk about the Man United win. That game, if you look at the team that we put out, we had to play Rory Allen up front, Mm. and I think it was Neil Fenn and Paul McVeigh, yeah, we're, also in, we're also in the team. And you looked at the United team, and it, it had keen skulls, etc. And I think that was probably the strongest team we could have put out. I think Armstrong was on the bench. I think he was coming back from an injury. The squad was decimated, and it yeah. wasn't a strong squad anyway. But I think we were lucky at 2-0. I think that's a good result for us. And that just shows the mediocrity of the club compared to where we are now, really. Yeah. And do you think the strategy wasn't there, though, Peter? So, for example,
1: Sugar, he could have been bold and sort of seen what Man United is doing with the youngsters and just sort of said, right, we're right after a couple of seasons. We've got these promising youngsters. You know, yeah. was he a bit weak?
0: Yeah, I, I didn't think he had a strategy, to be honest. You know, one of your earlier questions, do you think he had a plan? I don't think he had an expansive plan no. on, on that scale at all. It was just like, suck, quite... suck it and see, sort of chuck a bit of yeah. money here and there. Justin Edinburgh,
4: was he one of the many kind of injury problems this year?
1: Edinburgh played 21 games that season and Clive Wilson played 23 in all competitions. Stephen Carr sort of established himself as
2: right back, didn't he? So yeah. Dean Austin yeah. was
1: still there. Dean Austin played 13 games that season. Yes, yeah, so Dean Austin was around still. The FA Cup, that was a bit disappointing. It was, a, it was tough to get that draw, wasn't it, really? And the League Cup. Sim, which was a bit of a disaster. Yeah,
4: absolutely awful. So I went through the the usual, as it was at this time, two-legged, second round. We didn't seem to be playing anyone from our league. Was that the rules at that time where Matt Fletcher said something about it was to do with the revenue of having the two-legged?
1: Yeah, you couldn't play a team in the first World Championship. Premier League,
4: rather. Yeah, so we had Preston in that round. We got past them 4-1 on aggregate. We actually drew the first game away. but won 3-0 at home. Anderton scored in both those games, actually. And then we beat Sunderland two one in the second game, and then <laughs> got beaten six one at First Division.
1: So that's the Championship now, Bolton Wanderers. Yeah, I mean that that was. We actually had a really strong team out, and I and I do remember this because I remember going to work like the next day, and I was I was just ridiculed, you know. And it, and it really I was really hurting during this
2: period. And Bob, would you feel the same at this sort of period? Yeah, absolutely. Spurs were. You were able to be ridiculed by other supporters from London clubs. I also remember Ian Walker had a terrible period. I don't know if you remember in March, he let the goal in against Italy. I'm trying to think if it was sola Yeah, the Sola. Yeah. And it was with, yeah. everywhere he went. Where were you when Zola scored? Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> and then he had like dodgy keeper. I remember going to Derby and he let a howler in. And he got... Yeah. Absolutely dog's abuse. And that was sort of the, the start of the end of his career, at Spurs. I know he lived on from there. Yeah. But looking back on this, yeah, I don't know which was the worst
1: season. <laughs> I mean, the capitulations, you know, we had a 6-1 and a 7-1. I mean, the, the capitulations, Peter, what, what was it telling us about the team at the time?
0: Just really, like, soft in the middle, really. You know, like, uh, lacking that kind of leadership. When you go down them kind of score lines. I think... It's crying out for that sort of Graham Roberts, Dave McKay type character, you know, Stevie Perriman type guy in the middle there to get hold of him and say, look, this is not acceptable. Lack of character, I think. Yeah, it was was a dark
1: season, dark, dark season. So we got knocked out to the Cups early, dreadful league season. Peter, how would you sort of sum up the season in a couple Uh, of words?
0: Soft centre. Yeah, I think that's that's, that's Mm -hmm. a really good
1: one. Sim, how would you sum it up?
4: I think if you could quote Teddy Sheringham, it would be, I'm off.
1: Yes. And Bob, sorry spring it on you again. How would you sort of quote it up in a couple of words? We want our Tottenham back. Yes, we want our Tottenham back. That's five I words. Cry, I think. <laughs> Dark days. Anyway, guys, Bob, it's been fantastic. Your insight, mm-hmm. your uh, your great memory. You can't remember your wife's name, but you can remember loads of other stuff, <laughs> can't you?
2: Yes, I can, mate. So. Um, it's
1: great to have you on, and hopefully, hopefully you'll come back again for a uh, summit in the 70s. Yeah, would love to. Yeah, love cool. to. Brilliant to have you on. And Sim, thanks. And Peter, thanks for joining us again. Cheers, Ian. Cheers, Bob. Cheers, Bob. Yeah, yeah cheers. cheers thanks very much for being invited. guys. Thanks listeners. Oh, brilliant. Thanks, Bob. Thanks for the people listening. Remember to tell all your friends about Y-E-1. And um, we'll be back tomorrow with some more years of the 90s. Thanks, guys. Keep safe, everyone. Bye.